0: Just to try and talk about a couple of things that we think are really important in our grasp of Easter and God and stuff and you and me and, and life and all that goes on. I'll read you a couple of things in, in just a moment. I'm not going to be too long. My sermon notes are like, his, my wife got a hold of them and made a few. No, it's not true. When I look around on a time like this, I found myself... Asking the question, what's the truth about you? Some of you start to get nervous, don't you, when you do stuff like that, the silence and the look. And you would be quite within your rights, and in fact, I would advise you when you look at me to think, what's the truth about him? There's a saying that goes, you can't judge a book by its cover. And... It's true. There are some books that I think have got great covers, and I've read them. The truth is in life, with with people, you you can't make a real assessment of someone just by what you see on the outside. And we've become experts as human beings of very often masking the truth about our lives not just the talents and the gifts, but sometimes the hurts and the offenses and the pains and the dreams and the hopes that maybe didn't come to pass and and um we are so good in among our friends and uh, out in the community of presenting the image that we want people to see of us, which is not not always the truth now. I've been raised in church all my life um, and I know having been around church circles for many, many years that that's one of the accusations that people can point at Christians. One of the most common responses I get because um, you know, I had a real job before I did this. <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the most common responses I would get automatically would just come out that are oh, you Christians are all hypocrites. Now, it would be easy for me to say people have said that because they're just trying to be um, nasty and um, have opposition against Christianity but actually one has to step back and say there's probably a reason why many of those people come with that response and could it be because on the outward there's something and on the inside there's, there's something else. So I wanted to say from the clip that we've watched and from the mayor that you saw there, is there anything more obnoxious than self-righteousness? Than people who present themselves to be the, the image of righteousness, the standard to which everyone must live by, the, the, the life to which everybody must achieve. And, and really that's what this, this clip is about. So I wanted to read this to you. This is, this is self-righteousness. It's the kind of righteousness that bases its confidence and authority on who a person thinks they are based on what they have done or sadly, more often, what they have not done. That's where the finger pointing comes. Its worst trait is the arrogance of its stance when it comes to the lives of others. It takes the position of superiority, never humility, displaying a self-determined right to judge every aspect of a person's life and belief and claiming it's being done with God's authority and his approval. It labels anyone who does not express their belief in the same way as an enemy to be humiliated, exposed and shamed. The mayor, like all self-righteous people, was keen to defend himself by saying he was only telling the truth about Mademoiselle. How many of you have encountered that? Well, I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. But, but isn't it funny, usually when we encounter that, but the question is not what's the truth about Mademoiselle, but what's the truth about you? And that's what happens in self-righteousness. So the self-righteous mayor's list of misdemeanors against this woman was extensive. These are the things. Disrespect for the faith, not being a church attender, A single unmarried mum, an unknown, maybe questionable history, an unwillingness to be controlled. Some of you like that. (laughs) A willingness to engage with things and people outside the sphere of religious narrowness, illegitimate kindness because it was not done in ways approved by the man. Now, sadly, you will encounter in self-righteousness that unless things that you do that are kind to others are done in a way approved by the person who is self-righteous, the stuff that you do is never qualified or valid in their eyes. Now, when you look at that and see that the mayor was, in essence, trying to stand for God and the church, um, and some of you have encountered that image. In fact, all of us have to some degree... I wouldn't blame you for saying that's why I don't believe in God. But what I do want to say to you tonight is that I don't believe in that God either. I don't believe in church being like that. I, I don't believe that either. So, so we're on a level playing field. Because one thing I noticed about it is there's, there's, there's got to be something desperately wrong when it's, okay, it's not okay to eat a croissant during Lent, but it is okay to judge others gossip about them, to scandalize them, and look to have others judge them in like manner with you. Something not quite right in the picture. I call it the message of Monopoly Christianity. Go to jail, go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect 200. That sadly is many people's impression of the message of the church. But I want you to remember something. This Jesus who was crucified was not crucified because the occupying Romans wanted him crucified. He was crucified because those holding what they believed was an orthodox grasp on God, the Bible, and what was right and wrong demanded that he be crucified. Now that ought to be shocking to you because it's shocking to me. That the very people who said they had the, the, the handle on God the Bible and what was right and wrong were the very people who demanded that Jesus be crucified but what you're going to see in all of this when we get to the next clip is that love wins it's amazing how when we stop trying to control everything and face our own realities how actually that becomes the beginning of our own salvation and salvation is a word that's often associated with the Christian faith but um, it's not a word that is solely the possession of the Christian faith because it means to be safe from something often the biggest obstacle to our lives progressing into what we always dreamed is actually ourselves what we've become what we believe what we've embraced and now we probably, like the mayor, have become self righteous, judgmental, and controlling. And um, it leaves us in a state that ultimately can never give us what, what we were looking for. Um, the truth is, in all of this, that self denial might give an impressive outward show, but the truth is, it does nothing to change the heart or to rewrite our story. And um, in my life, there have been many times where things have happened to me that were a part of my life, and I couldn't change them because some of them I didn't choose, some of them were a result of my own choices, but I longed in some way for the, to be the possibility that my story could be rewritten. Because following where life had brought me to, the things that I imagined and saw were anything but glorious, anything but released. It seemed there would be no salvation for the situations I was in. The wonderful thing about about Jesus and about Easter is that he comes to rewrite your story, not criticize your story, not condemn your story but to rewrite your story. And that has been my experience. And, and really, this clip is all expressing that in the life of the mayor, in his self-righteousness, that there was a way to rewrite his story. And there is a way to rewrite your story tonight. Because just like in the movie, self-righteousness only masks, really, the real state that we live with, which is often pitiful and often pathetic and not honest. And I think one of the things that we fear in life and one of the things that we fear probably some of you fear about the church is what will happen to me if I am real and I am honest because often the fear is that to be real and to be honest will mean that you will be humiliated and rejected and that may be the case and may have been the case many times in people's experience of church. But that's certainly not the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the Jesus who gave his life. It's not the Jesus who rose from the dead. That actually when we're willing to be real and honest, that's the beginning of our journey. Now, one of the things that, that is probably unconventional about us is the way that we absolutely encourage, desire and want people to be real and completely honest to know if you look on our website or look on any of our information you'll see it's because we believe you're already loved, you're already accepted, you're already forgiven and everything that's necessary for the rewriting of your story is already done. So I want to just again read you something because I have limited time and I'll be in trouble with my wife and God I do not fear. (laughs) No, she's lovely. She's over there. I really don't want to take too much time, but I wrote this about this. Isn't it wonderful that when the mayor engaged in behaviour which was not acceptable to him, and that there was someone there to be gracious—that there was someone there to be gracious towards him, someone who did not desire to reject him, even though she had been rejected, or desire to deal with him as she had been dealt with, nor to judge him as she had been judged nor to shame him as she had been shamed, or to expose his life to the town as her life had been exposed to the town, someone willing to wake him before anybody saw him in a compromised position, to give a cup of water, well, Alka-Seltzer, if any of you remember that, to ease his discomfort, and to say of him, and what she knew, I won't say a word." Do you know what saddens me sometimes is that you don't believe that Jesus is like that. He looked at my life and said, I won't say a word. Because the whole objective was not that he came to show me how lost I was, but to show me how loved I was. The truth of Easter is Jesus didn't come to show you how lost you are, he came to show you how loved you are. And that's what changes lives and towns and worlds. Love, the grace kind of love, the I'll cover for you kind of love, that's the kind of love that wins. Jesus' love, his life, his message was the clear voice in a multitude of voices, shouting out what no other voice was shouting. They all were shouting out what is demanded of you He was shouting out what has been given to you and for you. Because true righteousness is not about what you do for God. It's about what he has done for you. Easter is about a cross and the one on it making what it may seem like a strange statement to us now. It is finished is what he said. Whatever it is, the rewriting of your story, it is finished. It's just for you to accept and enter into. It's about an empty tomb giving hope that in any situation, including death, the last word has not yet been spoken. The last word has not yet been spoken in your life. It's about one voice singing in the darkness, your darkness, my darkness. Just one voice that changes everything. The voice of Easter is that voice. And if you open your heart to it, You'll hear it rewriting your story tonight, saying for you, I won't tell a soul. It's finished.